Hello and welcome to Play Next, the music discovery podcast that uncovers pioneering, innovative and groundbreaking new music. Presented by me, Edith Bowman, and created in partnership with BMW. Now, in this very special episode, we take a deep dive into the world of All Points East, a music festival that takes place in Victoria Park in the heart of East London. Following the success of last year, BMW Play Next has evolved and alongside our podcast, it was announced earlier in the summer that we wanted to support the next generation, the future festival headliners with our very own live stage at All Points East Festival. Now, I'm sure like me, you have missed live music immensely and it's been a hugely challenging time for musicians. Having a stage at the festival is a great next step for what we've been trying to achieve with Play Next, providing a platform to perform and an opportunity for music fans to discover amazing new and fast rising talent. Now we'll be hosting some fantastic new artists, including Elka, Rosie Lowe, Scores, Sad Night Dynamite, Azaya, Swim School, Swoos and Aliwiya. Now, after an uncertain year that has left us without live music, summer 2021 has seen the return of festivals and with that, plenty of brand new music. And we wanted to play our part in hosting some of the best new artists out there, some of which you'll hear in this podcast. Coming up, I'll play you some of the live performances from the BMW Play Next Stage at All Points East and I'll catch up with not one, but two of the artists on the festival lineup who've been leading the way as performers return to the stage in front of actual, real-life humans. I'll be speaking to London-based producer, DJ and label boss Emma Kirby, aka Elka. Now, earlier this year, she released a new EP, Euphoric Melodies, marking her first release on Ninja Tune imprint Technicolor. She's been performing at a number of festivals this summer, as well as her own headline tour, but we're very grateful she made time to sit down and have a chat. Later, I'll be catching up with the one and only Leanne Havis ahead of her performance at All Points East. Now, since 2011, she's been core to the British indie folk and soul scene and her live performances have laid the foundation for her meteoric rise. She released her self-titled third album in 2020 and is now finally able to perform her new music live in front of an audience, where she should be. Now, I was thrilled to chat to her about her new album, how her relationships influence her writing, ignoring those who doubted her, and she also gives some essential advice to those who are starting out in music. But before all of that, shall we hear some live music from All Points East? Good because all of these performances came from the BMW Play Next Stage. Up first, we've got a young multi-instrumentalist singer and producer from East London who grew up on guitar-based music, taking influence from Prince and Stevie Nicks. And that shows in her songs with hard-hitting power pop bangers like Blood and Marathon, both which are taken from her debut EP, We Speak of Tides, which is out now. She picked up a guitar aged 10 and began to write her own music shortly after. She spent the time since honing her craft, learning to produce and becoming a force to be reckoned with, both vocally and on her instrument. Her talents have already been recognised by Grimes, who reposted her version of Oblivion and US megastar Her, who invited the young artist to perform on her Instagram Live, where she actually ended up playing to an online audience that included none other than Missy Elliott and Shawn Mendes. Her name is Azaya, 
And here she is performing on Saturday at All Points East on the BMW Playnex stage. So good. That was the fantastic Isaiah with Slip live from our BMW Playnex stage at All Points East. And that's exactly what you're listening to. The Playnex podcast brought to you by BMW, presented by me, Edith Bowman. And it's what we're trying to do. Showcase some of the best new music played live from the festival. Next up, we have Priya Raghu, who performed on Saturday 
on the BMW Play Next stage. Combining her own love of neo-soul and jazz-inflected hip-hop, her music is described as a mix of forward-thinking R&B, South Asian flair and mass appeal pop. Her debut single, Good Love 2.0, came out in 2020 and introduced the world to an artist with a very unique vision. The ever-escalating hype surrounding her has carried over into 2021 and she released her latest single, Kamali, together with an inspiring conceptual video. Kamali sets the tone for her new mixtape, which launched on the 3rd of September, and here she is, performing live at All Points East. Let's go. God, here's another one for your baby. You've been on my mind lately. Never seen a force like this. Never heard a thumb like this. Yeah, yeah. They never want to see us godly. They be some Maharani's. About to flip the script. 2020 is a plot twist. was Priya Raghu live from All Points East 
on the BMW Play Next stage. Next up, I'm very pleased to introduce you to a brand new band from Scotland who have just released their debut EP, Making Sense of It All. Swim School are a four-piece from Edinburgh. They've got real anthemic indie at their core, aided by the towering vocals of frontwoman Alice Johnson. Here they are performing the EP's opening track, Let Me Inside Your Head, live at All Points East. Ready for a big one.
so great to have them on the BMW Play Next stage at All Points East. That is the amazing swim school. Now it's time to hear from Emma Carby, a.k.a. Elka. Now, for those of you who don't know, Elka is a singer, DJ, producer and label boss who's been in very high demand as live music has made its return. She spent the summer so far filling dance floors out in Ibiza and across the UK with her expansive cross-genre DJ sets and captivating live shows. Now, I think it's always a good thing when you can't fully describe someone's music, so not being able to put it into a clear genre. Elka makes cross-pollinated music, house, electronica, percussion, beats and dreamy vocals. Over the years, Elka's gained support from well-known peers such as Fortet, Floating Points, Caribou, George Fitzgerald, Shirelle, Annie Mack and many more. 2021 started well as she released Euphoric Melodies, marking her first release for Ninja Tune imprint Technicolor. And we'll hear from her in just a moment, but first, let's hear the track from that EP. This is the brilliant Burnt Orange.
I never quite know what's the best way to introduce someone who has a real name, but then also has a, a work name. Yeah. Emma, what do I call you? Emma or Elka? Um, I think for simplicity, we can say Elka. So it doesn't Elka. confuse people too right. much. Probably. Awesome. Yeah. It is an absolute treat to have you on Playdex. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Every time I hear one of your tunes where I've, I was actually at a party at the weekend and it was great because someone who was in charge of the music really knew what they were doing and stuff. And Born Orange came on and it was like, yes! And it's kind of immediately makes you feel happy, makes you want to dance. Never want the song to end because it just takes you, you feel like you're on a, a real trip. So thank you for your music and thank you for the experiences that your music's given. It's been absolutely wonderful. I mean, there's, yeah, that's the best. That's the peak of, I think, being a musician is knowing that people are somewhere at some point and they can be anywhere in the world that I love as well at any party any house any festival and enjoying your music and and that soundtracking their moment it's just gorgeous so that that brings me so much joy what was that journey like to get into the point where because life's one of those things isn't it where you you learn from the experiences that you go through and that's about learning the things that you want to do but also the things that you don't want to do and it's really healthy to embrace that and acknowledge that, I think, as well. Going, do you know what? That's not right for me or that's not the path I want to take. And as a musician, I always find it really interesting to find out about the journey to get into the place where you feel like you're making the music that you really want to make or you're the artist that you wanted to be. What was that journey like for you? I went down the route of, you know, I had no contacts in this industry, so I just really had to try and forge my way through and I started to get sessions with different producers and that led me to to writing for other people more than anything else because that was kind of my the foundation of my music um, history was songwriting and and singing and so I started singing and writing for other people and on the side of that trying to forge my own career as an artist and it just wasn't happening it was really painful it was I was successful in one way but I felt very, very, very lost and knew in my heart that it wasn't going to go anywhere if something didn't change. And because that was not a possibility, I remember being coming back from another session with another producer, feeling like it was kind of, it was all right, a bit of a waste of time. And I rang my mum and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to try producing I was just like, I just think that's like, I, why not? You know, and half of me, believed it and half of me was like you've no terrified. idea what you're doing terrified completely mm. terrified because this was my everything that I've been yeah. fighting for I think I was like in my mid-20s and I did and and the, the tipping point for that was I, I think the following night I was going to a Jamie XX concert who is uh, to this day just I find his productions astonishing mm. and I couldn't go in I was just like I can't do this I can't I can't be in this room listening to this music and be so disconnected to it and feel so like away from where I want to be so like my girlfriend kind of like held me <laughs> so I cried and the next day I started producing and that was it and then I think 18 months later I was sitting next to, standing next to him side by side at NTS radio B2Bing with him floating points caribou like it was just like okay I've made the right Whoa. I made the right choice yes. Yeah. I love it. What a great story. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Was it because I, I was saying to you earlier, it's like there is such a lack of female producers out there, you know, in terms of you think of, well, there isn't 
because there are women out there making great music and producing their own music and producing other people's music. It's just we don't hear about them. They aren't celebrated in the same way. They aren't kind of raised on this pedestal like the, their male contemporaries are. It's like, and and I know that that's been part of you know femme culture that you set up, which yeah. I'd love to know a little bit about and, and sort of explain for people listening what what that's all about as well. But we'll get to that in a second because the music that you're that you eventually got round to to making on, on your own and and how I find them so fascinating because they're so emotive and they're so transformative as well and that they take you places that's what I love about your music is that it's kind of got this you're like right where are we going today kind of Mm. thing because that's the great thing about it and I wondered what what you set out to achieve with your music what kind of music you wanted to make or you want to make initially I didn't know because I'd never been given the opportunity to produce the music myself so Mm taking away a, another person to translate your ideas it was then a very pure communication between what was going on in my head and what I wanted mm. to achieve but I didn't it took time for me to figure out okay what naturally comes out and naturally for me was electronic music of some sort but I'm very influenced by different genres you know I grew up listening to pop music then a bit of R&B and then house eventually and so I think that really comes through in the music a lot of the times there are different influences infiltrating and I used to be scared of that I used to think that that was wrong because mm. I thought you had to sit in one box in one lane and and like but that was just massive lack of self-confidence because I didn't know what was right what I think what is the most important to me what I've kind of discovered I guess producing more and more is like warmth is something that really I need in every piece of music yeah it's something that I really go towards every single time. And it doesn't need to be happy, happy all the time, but there has to be some warmth there for me. And I think mm. that is the thread that goes through my music, which has changed quite a bit. But I do think that's what keeps everything ticking for me. That's what mm. excites me. And and I want people to feel something. Yeah, I do want it to be a journey. And I think, again, that maybe tracks back to going to see Britney Spears or whoever those big pop stars that I was like okay this is an experience this is a moment I don't want it just Mm -hmm. to pass you by your skills as a producer are I mean let's take Burnt Orange as an example you talk about that warmth and I think that is really true that there is a real kind of there's a there's a heartbeat that runs through your your music and I think that comes from what you were saying about your journey of where you've got Mm -hmm. to and finally been able to make the music that you want to make but was it easy to learn to be a producer? <sighs> Nothing's easy, right? Like no, no skill when you're starting is easy. It was made to be more difficult to like people were telling me basically indirectly or directly. <laughs> this is really this is, you know, this is a this is a skill that most people can't do. You know, this isn't for you. So wow. I think I realized pretty quickly that that's not true. <laughs> and I can do it, thank you. Um, but you know, I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, and I mean that's pretty. It's a good. Uh, that's a good reason to work hard, right? When people yeah. are doubting you. Um, but ask any woman in the industry, um, or person of color, or anyone on the margins. Basically, it was. It wasn't easy, but it was. It was really fulfilling and enriching. And it, you don't need much to start doing it. You know, and that's what I've tried to tell people often is that if you can get access to a computer, which I realize is not as easy as that for everybody, mm. but you don't need all the kit is what I'm trying to say. You don't need a million yeah. different synths. You, you, you know, there are free YouTube tutorials. Yeah. 
which is incredible. That's how I learned mainly is just figuring it out, like mm. listening to a track and, and trying to f see how they could have possibly made those sounds. And there are actually websites that have done that, that have broken down really famous like dance tracks, for instance, and be like, okay, so they use this kind of synth here and then they sampled this stuff, like learning how to sample and what that I world was. That. It was wonderful. I'm really kind of like, okay, okay, it's not this language I can't learn. This is possible. This is, this is a door that I can open. Yeah. Um, and and did and would just everyone should if they want to you know <laughs> tell me about fame culture so i mean that was the next step for me so i so after deciding to produce i needed somewhere to put my music out on and, it, and that was so liberating because it was i finally didn't have to keep you know asking people to help me mm -hmm. you know record labels or producers or whoever i was like no I, i'm just gonna go around them for a little bit because it's exhausting <laughs> and put it out, self-release it. And so I just needed a name on the on the form, the distribution form. And I do, you know, I like, I care about each part of the journey. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that this name means a lot to me. And yeah, that name came from somewhere. And as soon as I started putting the first record out, which did really well for, for you know, someone that hadn't really put out music ever... I was like, okay, I, I think this is a story I want to tell, like beyond, I kind of knew I wanted to do something beyond myself anyway, but then that just kind of confirmed it. And I was like, no, this needs to be about community and about other people and encouraging other people to to take control of their career and do things that they think they can't and have a platform. And that's where Femme Culture came from. Have you been, you know, this kind of crazy experience that the world has been through with various things going on, but with the with the pandemic and none of us being able to get out to those dingy clubs or right. festivals and things, have you been out live yet? I've I've played twice. I <gasps> I um I DJ'd at one of my favourite clubs actually that I never played before, so it was incredible for me. Called Phonox in Brixton, mm -hmm. which I recommend to anybody who just wants a really great night out. Um, incredible sound system and lovely people. That was, wow, it was <laughs> like an out-of-body experience. I think you could just feel it, like everything, 18 months of pent-up pent energy just oozing out of me and then rebounding and oozing out of everyone else. It was just, it was, ins it was insane. It was, I, it was, God, I felt, I didn't realise I wasn't feeling complete. Mm. And then coming back to performing again, I was like, <gasps> like I can breathe. Um, and then uh, last weekend, the weekend before last, I performed at Brainchild Festival, a live show. And I ha that's yeah. been even longer for me that I, have, I, have, I haven't performed live, which is a different experience for me anyway. Uh, you know, it's a different way of expressing myself. So it's been wonderful to be back. Obviously, there's concerns that go with it, but I'm just, was just delighted to be back with people. Are you looking forward to All Points East? Yes very much I know it's like it's such a kind of especially in London it's like the one that you've kind of pinpointed in the calendar as a as a great it's a great place to go party and be mm. with people I'm going to apologize now for my over enthusiasm when you're performing <laughs> as well I mean, I'll take it so over excited no, about being okay. there <laughs> I can't wait um, Euphoric Melodies was the kind of last collection is released what do you have planned next do you do you plan do you sort of you know how far ahead do you you know do you make plans for yeah you have to I think it's really important to otherwise you could go a bit crazy <laughs> I think it's really important to have the next thing ahead of you to look forward mm. at the same time it's really important to stop and enjoy it which I'm terrible at but um yeah there'll be another EP out this year 
that kind of is the next step after Euphoric Melodies. And then I'm going on tour. I'm, I'm going to do some live shows in, in London, Manchester and Leeds <laughs> in November. That would be really special, like headlining my own tour and my own gigs is something I've always, you know, dreamt of doing. And they're at great venues and I'm playing, you know, festivals with lots of people and um, some of my heroes as well, like John Hopkins. So that's oh, kind of the next six Hopkins. months. We love, of course. Oh, I remember watching him headline the Glade at Glastonbury maybe five years ago. He's genius. I sat he? in a tree for about an hour of it. It was amazing. <laughs> so I, it's the perfect scenario for John Hopkins, I think. I think he'd like that. Um, yeah, and then and then next year I hope to release an album. That would be my plan. When you are on tour, what's the... We were talking about the live experience. It's just you on stage. I hope you have a nice little crew that come with you on tour, that it's not just you kind of yeah. driving around. I know, no. I, I don't know if people do that. I think that's just not... From a technical perspective, you need help sometimes. Like, thankfully, BMW are lending me this incredible car for my tour, which is uh, extremely exciting. Not as just as um, something that I need, but I'm a big car head. Um, I, I'm a, I love 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 cars so yeah I think it's going to be key to the process of like because I'll be writing as I'm touring as well probably like it's you know that stuff doesn't really stop for me but like also just you know you want support your people your chats <laughs> yeah you need yes someone someone to drink tequila with at the end of the night it's essential <laughs> yeah amazing well listen I can't wait to see you and hear you down at all points so I'm really looking forward to it. see you in person and, and thanks so much for your time today it's so great to get to chat to you you too thank you so much oh it's so great to get to know an artist you really admire and even better to discover how normal and down to earth they are Elka making great music and being an awesome person this is Play Next, brought to you by BMW and me, Edith Bowman. Coming up, we're going to be speaking to Leanne Le Havis, but first, let's hear some more live music from All Points East. Next up, we have a four-piece band who've been making music waves from South East London ever since they were taking their school exams only a few years ago. They're called Scores, and they've been described as subsonic slinky jangle jazz. That slips off the tongue easy. They are Jake, Max, Malachy, Ewan and Oscar, and their influences range from Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan to The Strokes and Arctic Monkeys. Here they are performing their track, Tell Me, from their forthcoming EP, brought to you by Infinity, live at All Points East. Tell me why I spent all of my time living in the light in the city lights, things look older. Lonesome people moving nowhere. I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, it's fine. The castle in the sky. There's coffee behind that I gazed i 
How good was that? Scores with Tell Me from their forthcoming EP brought to you by Infinity, live from All Points East BMW Play Next Stage. Now, after five years, Leanne Le Havis made her return in 2020 with her self-titled third album. Recorded in London, Bath and New York, the album is a raw and honest representation of a relationship arc based on Leanne's own experiences. Now, let's go back because she arrived in early 2010 with a mostly acoustic and hushed hybrid of alternative folk and soul. And she found instant success with the release of her debut album, Is Your Love Big Enough? It arrived in early 2010 with a mostly acoustic and hushed hybrid of alternative folk and soul. The album was produced almost entirely by songwriting partner Matt Hales, he of Aqualung. And one major fan was Prince who asked her to contribute to his 2014 album, Art Official Age. 
Around the same time, she also appeared on recordings by Alt-J and Tourist. Leanne continued to refine her increasingly distinctive style with her second album, Blood, in 2015, informed by a trip to Jamaica, but additionally inspired by her Greek heritage. The album went on to be even more successful than her debut. Then after an extended break, she returned in early 2020 with a small batch of singles that led to the release of her critically acclaimed self-titled third album. I was lucky enough to speak with her ahead of her performance at All Points East and it gave me the opportunity to thank her personally for giving me a very special moment during the recent pandemic. Leanne, it's so brilliant to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to get the chance to to talk to you and also to thank you in person because you were my only live music lockdown experience when you performed beautiful little gig of Freeze Art. Yes. That was so special. That was so special. Yeah, it it felt um, obviously quite bizarre to Mm. be out and singing in public, but I'm so glad that was able to happen because that was kind of that weird time before the other lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you were there. Yeah, beautiful little window of opportunity. And it was so nice just to, you know, I've seen you play live over the years at festivals and at shows and things, but never that close up and that intimate. And I was just kind of, you know, slightly obsessively watching your every move. And you're such a talented guitarist as well as being a great singer. And it was just just the effortlessness. It looks effortless when we're watching you of just of how you how you maneuver around the guitar and how it, you know, it's it helps you speak and it helps you sing and it helps you tell the story in a way. Thank you so much. It. Uh requires a little bit of work <laughs> to get the kind of the synchronization to get you know to be able to have yeah. the muscle memory to do both things at once because I'm I'm usually finger picking or something so there's like a specific pocket that it has to have like when I'm yeah. singing as well but it's so satisfying when I do it so I just I love doing it I am starting to branch out a little bit though and play and play no guitar on some songs. I'm still going to play guitar because it's just <laughs> it's really fun and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and congratulations on on the album. Um, Thank and you. also you just got nominated for an Ivor Novello as well quite recently yes. as well, which is fantastic and so deserved. It's so so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's like the one that I have dreamt of. You know, like the best album Ivan Novello or any Ivan Novello to be honest mm. because it's like um it's all about the songwriting so I I felt particularly strongly about the writing of this album so yeah it's a really nice email to get <laughs> <laughs> well this you know this album's self-titled mm-hmm. and I think that the album should be something that is celebrated as well as a as an art form really you know in terms of it's a story, it's a journey as well, you know, in terms of these songs. And I, and just from from reading a few bits and stuff, this album in particular for you is, you've said anyway, is the closest to you. This is who you are. Is that fair? I think that's fair, yeah. I think it's what I, more specifically, is what I've kind of always been getting at mm-hmm. with, you know, all the other albums I've done, like I'm super proud of them, but this was the kind of, the most realised 
version of what I was trying to do. And so now that I've done this, I can do whatever else now. I feel like, cool, I got that out of my system. That was me. That's really what I wanted to say. Now I feel like, yeah, kind of free to do whatever else. Yeah. Was that, do you think part of that was because of you, you know, you producing it and you being kind of in charge of it, the whole thing really, and you calling the shots on everything really? Absolutely. I think I, you know, over the years making other records, I've just kind of enjoyed it, but there's always been an element of slightly being frustrated that I couldn't have more say on something or... You know, I was just thinking, what, why? Because it's my album. <laughs> so with that in mind, I just thought I'm going to call it my name and I'm going to do everything how I truly want. And that's not to say that, you know, the others weren't how I wanted, but it was just kind of like there was always something that I would change. Where did you start with this record? Was there a, an emotion, a feeling, something you wanted to say, something you wanted to explore? Um, well, yeah, at the beginning of the writing process, I just didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be about, really. I just was like, I just want to make something that feels true to me. Mm. And then it kind of transpired that I was, um, uh, com- you know, coming out of my 20s. So it's all written probably from the age of 26 to... 29, 30. Yeah. And I had quite a significant romantic relationship as well at that time that was just really life-changing and kind of changed my whole perspective of, of myself and relationships. And, like, it made me aware of loads of things I wanted to work on and boundaries and all of these things. And so it ended up evolving into following the story of of what happened to to me throughout this relationship so that I think that was kind of the catalyst to kind of start exploring really myself and my own triggers Mm. I hate that word but I think what's amazing as well though is that you've you know you've absolutely the honesty that's on there about that experience but how it's very much handed over to to your fans and your audience now where we can have our own connections to the songs and the situations and the emotions that you were going through that we may have been had an experience or going through ourselves. I really find that in this record particularly where it's kind of oh yeah and it's it's like it's almost like therapy at times as well where it's kind of having someone talk about something that you've experienced or you relate to makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That was exactly my intention. Like, once I realised, like, oh, this is getting really deep, <laughs> I I guess I made my peace with, with that by thinking about how it might affect others, you know. And also, when I was going through what I was going through, the thing that helped me heal the most was to realise I wasn't alone. So I thought, OK, maybe if I just say how it really was for me, you know, somebody yeah. might connect and be able to to heal themselves as well. Have you played live yet with it? I know we talked about the the, the Freeze show, but mm-hmm. have you been able to play much live since since things have opened up a bit yet? 
Actually, I have. I played my. I played some more solo shows after that. I managed to go to France and do a couple of festivals in France. I did quarantine there and back, and then I played my first band show at the weekend, and that was our first show in like sixteen months. <laughs> wow! How was it? It went with a bang. I was so happy. Yeah, <laughs> really? it went really well. Um, because you know we had like loads of rehearsals and. Loads of COVID testing and, mm. you know, there was a lot of preparation. And at the end, I was so relieved. Like, it all came together. Mm. The audience was so lit. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast, we kind of really try our very best to kind of be really supportive of, you know, new artists and up-and-coming artists. And it's what's great about All Point Cease is we've got the stage and we're yes. we're putting on a load of the artists on the stage. Was there a lot of advice flying around for you when you started out in terms of being a new artist and and the right people giving you advice? Probably not. Mm. <laughs> not, not really much advice necessarily yeah. going on, but just kind of... You know, obviously, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say I'm not grateful for what happened because it was, you know, just very lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky, you know. But also, I think at the time I was starting, like there weren't many people doing what I was doing, and so that made it hard for, you know, industry execs and stuff to understand what I was and who I was. I hate that I said what I was because I was actually asked in a meeting, like, so what are you? Are you kind of a Corin Bailey Ray thing, they said. And I was like, wow, Corin Bailey Ray is amazing, can I just say? And that was <laughs> no, in no way an insult. But at the time I was just like 19, I didn't really realise that that was not okay you had to be a thing yeah exactly and <laughs> I was just like well I don't know I just play these songs that I wrote and I play guitar I'm discovering myself exactly and and this is what I feel about just people starting out and being really young and like I worry sometimes that we're not getting understood we're just sort of mm -hmm. being thrust into doing this thing that is actually incredibly difficult and very weird and very crazy and just like not not natural <laughs> singing of course is natural music is natural and art is natural but like you know I think you have to have really good people around you to protect you from all of the the, the bad stuff that happens yeah. in the industry so yeah that's good advice. We just had a really lovely conversation with this artist, Elka, who yeah. she started out as, uh, you know, she was doing songwriting for other people with a producer and, and then just kind of walked away from that, taught herself to produce. You know, it's that thing of kind of that journey of finding out who you are and what it is that you, you want to make and not yeah. doing what other people think or tell you that you should be doing. Exactly. You have to just... And even if you do eventually come around to being like, oh, yeah, I actually do want to do that. It just needs to be your choice. You need to realise that about yourself. Mm. And that's um, you reminded me of another thing. Like, I started off making all my own stuff, like, by myself on the computer, making beats, all of that stuff. And I was sort of... I know now that it's 
just something that they do with young girls. They just sort of, they're like, oh, you, this is cool, but it sounds like you need to work with this usually older man. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, let's see what happens in a room. And it's kind of like, okay, I'll try that. But I all, I already do that. <laughs> so what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with what I have done? Let me just... Maybe you could just get me a better computer so I can, <laughs> yeah. so I can like make more stuff and develop yeah. more. So, I, yeah, I found that interesting. And so now I'm, I've come full circle. I'm like, okay, cool. I've done all of that. I've tried all of that. Now I'm, I'm absolutely open to working with other people and collaborating, but it has to be on my terms. It has to be someone I have mutual respect for, maybe already a friendship with, plus... I'm going back to making my own stuff and it's great. Yeah. Is that how you ended up collaborating with Muromasa as well on this record? You know, in yeah. terms of... I was yeah. just like, I really like that guy. Can we... <laughs> let's set something up. Also, I had... I heard his music and I reached out. It was years ago, though. And he was like, he's just so talented. I was just like, oh, this is great. It's just so refreshing. And he's like younger than me. I don't know. I just like that. It's just like a fun... Yeah. It makes it more fun. It's like yeah. less formal, you know, like some intimidating studio. It's just like really nice place to be. Hang out and make some tunes. Exactly. <laughs> this kind of slightly odd world that you've released a record in with a pandemic and stuff going on. But what's lovely about it is that it's it's allowed everyone to get to know the record and to get to know the music. So that hopefully when you tour next year, I really hope you are going to go out on the road is that the plan? That's the coolest bit about it. Like these couple of shows that I did, like when I went to France and I just like played the intro of one of the songs and they knew which song it was. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like this is actually so cool. Because there is always that thing where you've just released an album and then you go on tour immediately and then people don't really know what the new stuff is. Yeah. So I think that is one of the best parts of, of doing that. So yeah. yeah, I'm super excited. Hopefully there's some kind of touring on the on the cards. Great. Well we get to see you at all points in the meantime. So Yes, yeah. I can't wait. Yes. Me too. Listen, it's so great to chat to you and huge congratulations on, on the record. It is a it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank and you. And yeah, I can't wait to, to see more of it live as well. Thank you so much. Great chatting to you as well. Oh, what a treat to get to catch up with Leanne the Harvest. I love her honesty, her modesty, most of all her music. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. If you're new to us, please be sure to go back and listen to our previous 10 episodes with guests including Giles Peterson, Hans Zimmer, Jam Supernova, Felix White, Kay Tempest and many, many, many more. It has been an absolute pleasure to share some of the great new music performed live from All Points East on our very own BMW Play Next stage. I'm very proud that we've been able to give so many brilliant artists a platform to showcase their amazing talents. Thank you for listening. Massive thank you to Elka and Leanne Le Havis for joining me on this episode and to play us out something from Leanne's new self-titled album. This is Paper Thin. See you next time.
Confidence and overwhelming doubt. 